Welcome to That Nam's Podcast, a podcast produced by the New Anglican Missionary Society for those that have a heart for or are interested in church planning, discipleship, and world missions. On this episode, Servant General John Schuler continues his discussion of conversion as the only evidence that someone has been gospeled. Converted is the third of the seven steps in the cycle of discipleship. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to that NAMS podcast. This is episode 19. We're going to continue discussing converted today. I ended last week by saying conversion is not an option. And I must say, I believe that with all my heart. Church life, church behavior, church teaching, church learning is helpful. It sets a context. But until the Word of God has touched the human heart in a very particular and personal way, and a person has responded to the work of the Spirit in their own inner being, their own heart, I don't believe a man or a woman is converted. A person can know a lot. We can, we can be conversant in the things of God. We can know scriptures. We can teach Sunday school. We can even preach sermons in, in the pulpit. But until the inner part of the human heart is touched in a life-changing way, I don't think the word conversion can be used. A man or woman may be on the path. We may be walking along. We may be in the company of others who know and love the Lord. But we ourselves are being brought inevitably to that place and time where we place our whole trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not often that it's an instantaneous experience. In fact, it's very, very rare. But it is a reality in the life of every true Christian that at some point in time, in some way that is very particular to them, they understood the gospel was demanding of them a response. And they made a response from the inner place of the heart. I gave a number of illustrations, or several, last week, and let's, let's think of a few more. Generally, overwhelmingly, people respond when the gospel is preached with an emphasis on making a decision. When the gospel is preached with a desire to move an audience to making a decision for or against the gospel of Jesus Christ, submitting or not submitting to his saving grace, yielding to his lordship or not yielding to his lordship. That moment, that process is probably the most normal in Christian history. But it's not the only way that God works. Sometimes God works directly outside of the context of a community gathered to hear the word of God preached. It can happen as a man or a woman reads the Holy Scripture. Perhaps one of the most famous is Augustine of Hippo, upon hearing a a voice saying, take up and read, began to read from the letter of Paul and was touched by the Spirit of God and converted for eternity. What a blessing Augustine has brought to us. That was a direct work of God, 
There's no doubt that there was a context. His mother was a Christian. His mother had been praying and weeping at the altar of God for him for a long time. He had been around and had heard teaching and preaching. But the actual moment of his conversion occurred in a very direct way, in, in, a, in a one-on-one between Augustine and God. I've known a number of people through the years who have a testimony of being in quiet prayer uh, or of listening to a song, a Christian song normally, or a hymn. And in that space of, of inner contemplation, inner prayer, in a, in a way that was not directed or clear, but was genuine, suddenly the Spirit of God has touched them and revealed to them that they are loved that they are a sinner, that they must repent, but they are a sinner saved by grace and loved by God. I've known frequently men and occasionally women, more often men, to come to conversion in the midst of a terribly difficult turmoil of soul, often on the precipice of death or of great of a great judgment, earthly judgment. The thief on the cross would be an example of this. Um, In the moments before he died, he cried out to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus saw that it was a true movement of his heart from unbelief to belief, from resistance to God to trusting in God, to seeing that Jesus was the one appointed by God. And the Lord says today, you will be with me. I have a dear brother in Christ who came to a a moment of great, great struggle when he was moments from the, the fierce hammer of the law for behavior that was contrary to the will, the law of God, and also, of course, contrary to the will of God. And in his desperation, um, he he fell to his knees and begged God to save him, to forgive him and to save him, and yielded his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's one of the finest servants I know. But that moment of conversion came to him in a time of great distress. Less common in my experience, but often a part of the conversion process, is teaching the Word of God, from an anointed heart or a changed heart. I mentioned last week that preaching can be true and dead. So, I fear, can teaching. Teaching the truth in a deadness does not bring conversion. Teaching in deadness brings puffed-up knowledge. It does not bring a change of the heart. The Lord wants changed hearts. Now, there can be little doubt that most conversions involve a combination of these things. It's God's clear intention and purpose that the ordinary way a person hears the gospel of Jesus Christ is they are born into a family of believers. And so they grow up hearing about the things of God. They grow up being taken into the household of God. They grow up being taught to pray. They grow up being able to listen and to learn from classes and from sermons. 
that almost always is God's clearest purpose for his people. That, that being nurtured and raised up in a community of faithful people, they will come to that moment when the preaching of the word of God is so clear and so understood by them and so demanding of them a decision of the heart that they make that decision their own. Typically, frequently, that's an intervention of the Spirit of God that's happening in the secret of their hearts and lives, even in the context of a great community of others. Something happens that only the Spirit of God can bring to pass. For most of us that I know, walking with Christ, we are some combination of these things. We have had an experience that is progressive. It is over time. It is, it, is, it is filled with moments when we did not understand, but we were being drawn. We were being welcomed. We were being invited. We were beginning to hear. We might have been beginning to argue and fuss and fight, even fight with God. There's a progression there's a progression that comes to a moment in time when the Spirit of God brings new birth to a child of God. Jesus teaches clearly in the parable of the sower that the principal thing that must be going on is the preaching of the Word of God. The preaching of the Word of God the bringing of the Word of God to clarity, the bringing of the Word of God to application is the principal means by which lives are changed. But the preaching of the Word of God by itself does not bring conversion. Conversion comes by the hand of God. The parable of the sower, which is recorded for us three times, both in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Matthew 13, Mark 4, and Luke 8, in all three uh, recordings, we see that some seed is gobbled up. It brings no even sign of life. Some seed sprouts up, but only barely. It has no root. It has no moisture. It cannot thrive, and it withers and dies. Some seed, I fear, in my lifetime, a great majority of the seed in the Western developed church that I know best, grows up but is choked by the cares and concerns and the riches of this life, and though alive, does not bear fruit. But the seed that bears fruit, the seed that bears fruit has not only taken root, but it has matured and begun to bear fruit itself. That's a conversion that we want to see, the conversion that bears much fruit. But the difference between the conversion that is alive but bears no fruit and the conversion that is alive and bears fruit is deeply related to the next step in the cycle of discipleship, and that step is nurtured. We'll come back next week to that subject. Thanks for joining me. Love having you. God bless. If you enjoyed this week's episode of That Nam's Podcast, please rate, comment, and subscribe on whichever podcast platform you are using. 
Also, if you would like to get in touch with us or want to learn more about NAMS and our mission, please visit us on our website at namsnetwork.com. Thanks for joining us, and God bless.